I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Clone Wars fans, holy cow, we are blessed with another amazing episode of Season 7 of the Clone Wars. This is Episode 9, The Phantom Apprentice. I'm Ryan Nilsson, and I am joined by two incredible co-hosts. First off, she's an author. She's an incredibly huge Star Wars fan. She's reading all the books, all the audiobooks. It's Rachel Goodman. Rachel, how are you doing? <laughs> hey, I'm doing really well. Yeah, I'm working my way through all the comics, all the books um, of canon, that is, with some legends involved. But yeah, I'm reading all the books, all the comics, uh, listening to some of the audiobooks as well. And yeah, I'm just really excited to be here, excited to talk about this episode and talk about how they how we're getting more perspective on um, what will become episode Speaking three. of perspective, we have a fresh new perspective on the show today. You mentioned legends, Rachel. Well, we have a legend right here. It's Frankie Altieri. He is a, he's a sports analyst and anchor. He's a writer for AfterBuzz TV, as well as a massive Darth Maul stan. Frankie, how are you doing? I'm great, and that is very accurate. Huge Darth Maul stan. Um, I read every Legends and canon comic there is, and um, I'm just psyched to see the Shakespearean take of Darth Maul continue uh, with the collaboration of Sam Witwer and Ray Park. Oh my God, can't agree more. Yeah, it's we're so psyched to have to have Frankie here. By the way, just I'm psyched that you're here, man, uh, because this Good is back. this was a really special episode of the Clone Wars, and we talked a little bit last week about moments and how I feel like these last four episodes. It's really rewarding. Uh, I feel like a lot of my camera is moving. I feel like a lot of moments are earned, and this is just reaping the benefits of, of, of the decade of this show, really. And this one was a culmination of just so many things. We're going to talk a lot about Darth Maul. We're also going to be talking about like Ahsoka v. Maul, that Obi-Wan hologram phone call, and we're going to be talking about our predictions for later in the season, as well as picking our MVP, who was the most valuable player this episode. We're going to get into it, but first, overall thoughts. We're going to Frankie first. What would you think of this episode? If I had to describe it in one word, it would be cinematic. I mean, just unbelievable from start to finish. Um, this has been a culmination of what I think are the two most important characters in this show, because really, Obi-Wan and Anakin they get their finish in Revenge of the Sith, mm. where I think Clone Wars has been really about, it's been about Ahsoka, and about midway through, it's been about Maul, because those are two characters I think the show really gave birth to, and obviously Maul is in The Phantom Menace, but then, you know, what George Lucas and Sam Witwer have done to just recreate this character, give him just so much charisma, and like I, I use the term Shakespearean, he's kind of this tragic character of, he's a bad guy, but as Rachel pointed out um, before he went on the air, you know, he was taken as a child, you know, to be a Sith Lord. It really wasn't his choice. So this episode delivered on every single pound. I also thought it was interesting just to see the parallels with Revenge of the Sith. Um, we've had other episodes coincide with the events. But, you know, as you said, the Utapau transmission and Obi-Wan dropping that bomb of, oh, yeah, yeah, Anakin just killed Dooku. He just killed him, like, you know, moments ago or whatever. So... Um, just unbelievable, and I can't believe we still have two more episodes, right? We have two more, and, and speaking of just coinciding with Revenge of the Sith, I predicted we would be getting some Star Wars Lion King one-and-a-half action, as I like to call yeah. it. We are so getting that. Rachel, That's you great. thought that as well. What were your overall thoughts? I did. 
First of all, uh, Easter eggs. One of the things <laughs> that I found fascinating was that. <laughs> First of when... all, Easter eggs. <laughs> Easter eggs. Yeah. Um, everything that we saw with Jesse, it kind of calls back to the conspiracy arc um, in Clone Wars season six. If you guys remember that, um, where basically we kind of learned that some of the inhibitors were different in different batches of clones. I loved that they called back to this. Mm. But also for me, my favorite moment is when Maul holds out his hand to Ahsoka. Oh, God. It was TLJ. I was like, yes, this is Last Jedi. Yes. I was like, this is Kylo Ren holding out his hand to Rey, which I think speaks a lot to what Frankie was saying, too. Maul, I mean, when we first saw Phantom Menace, obviously we all thought, oh, you know, typical bad guy, like there's no gray area with this man, but there is a gray area with him. And he has such a deep story as we've seen, you know, has, you know, Frankie and I were talking about reading Son of Dathomir, the comic with Mm. Maul. There is a deeper story to him. Not that he's a good guy, but I would say there are, there are things about him that aren't as bad as we previously thought. And um, with Maul, it's I very much enjoy watching him more than your straight bad guy, right. because it's always more interesting when there's a character with such a, a deep backstory who, you know, maybe like sometimes I feel bad for him. Sometimes I don't because he just, you know, like him blinding Kanan and Rebels. But normally, though, and normally I do feel bad for Maul. And in this circumstance... I feel I, I actually was like, okay, he's we evil need to listen to him right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah evil no. in the sense that yeah, but evil in the sense that he was definitely going to take um he was going to take over Sidious right. and actually rule. But we also should have listened to him in terms of what he was Well that's the thing. About. That's what I'm, I'm yeah. saying, Rachel. I think this Friends episode what I what I got just quick overall thoughts from me, I, I think this was the best Darth Maul episode we've ever had. And I actually think that this episode has made Darth Maul a better character than he's ever been before. I think we yeah. the amount of screen time, dialogue, and just overall badassery we got from Darth Maul this episode has made him... You know, he was one of my favorite characters, but this... He, they, this put him on a new level. I think this transcended the character of Darth Maul because we, we know he's beginning, middle, and end, but there's a lot of pieces yeah. in between that we're just not sure. And now just filling in those blanks, seeing that he actually figured out what Sidious was was onto, like what, what he was planning. He knew everything. He knew everything. And what a reveal that was. And that just carried so much weight. The idea that he, we thought he was just, he wished he had Kenobi, wished he could fight Kenobi. He wasn't looking for Kenobi. He was looking for Anakin Skywalker. Breaking that down, last episode ended with Ahsoka's lightsabers igniting, and then we just faded to to space. We pick up right where we left off. There's no opening main title music. There's no recap. We're just jumping right back in, Rogue One style, for an opening. And we get that incredible monologue from Maul, who's just, like, toying with her, walking around. What did you think, Frankie, of just this intro to, to Maul? And here in just the conversation he shared with Ahsoka. It's interesting because we've never seen those two characters share the screen until after the fact in Rebels. 
Mm-hmm. We sensed all this history, but we never seen it. And that's one of the hundred reasons why it's good that we got this last season of the Clone Wars. So we finally got to see that relationship established as well as that's when you finally start to sense that Maul knows a lot. Like he knows a lot of Sidious's plan later revealed. He pretty much knew everything, especially because he had that villain or that villain, that vision rather of, uh, of Anakin. Yeah. So that entire monologue, I think is just fantastic writing. And again, so well performed by Sam Witwer. Um, just the, the charisma and it was just, it was so haunting because we've seen Revenge of the Sith. We know what happens. And, you know, it was, there's just so much foreshadowing in that episode and this one. Completely agree, Rachel. And you and Rachel share something that I actually haven't read, but it was the uh, Darth Maul comic. I just wanted, if you guys could give us like a brief little synopsis, don't necessarily spoil it all, but they, they alluded in this episode that Maul escaped Sidious's capture. The last time we saw him in this series was uh, Sidious having no mercy and just lightning. None whatsoever. Him. Uh, Rachel, can, can you just give us, like, bring us up to speed. The Mandalorians busted him out, and this comic went into that. Can you just give us, like, a tiny little quick synopsis of that? Yeah, I mean, no, I don't want to give too much away, but basically it is um, Darth Maul escaping, and he has some really great scenes with Dooku where it's all about power and what Sidious wants, and... Like it's because at this point, Dooku is the apprentice. And so it's all about that back and forth between the power and how it doesn't really mean what Dooku thinks it means. And there's just a really great showdown between the two of them. And, um, and the, Maul actually but the Mandalorians, back. Plus the Mandalorians get him out, though. Is that what that because that's what he alluded to in this episode? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. With their help. Yes. They go on a zip down a castle. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Um, yeah, so just, yeah, definitely check out that, that comic for more of that backstory because it just seeing him liberate the the rest wow. of the Mandalorian saying, like, if you're going to die, like, you're going to die on the battlefield. And there's some kind of camaraderie there. Like, there's such an interesting dynamic of the clones following Ahsoka with her orange face painted on their on their masks, and then the Mandalorians have, like, the mall masks. Is that... So What's this, an interesting parallel? What's an inter- sorry, what's an interesting parallel to what Rachel was saying of you feel bad for Maul, then you don't, is, you know, when you're when he's talking about taking down Sidious, because everyone wants to see Sidious fail because of what he does to the Jedi, but then you don't feel bad for Maul when he's trying to escape and that his basically his first command's like, we need reinforcements. He's like, you know, go die well, and he just tosses the phone. You know what I mean? So that's a time where you don't feel nice for him anymore. Yeah. Well, especially, and that's the thing, is that, I don't like, I mean, we know that it, that what Ahsoka said about Maul only wanting to take over, only wanting to stop Sidious, because Maul would then go ahead and assume control of the throne. You know, if you want to call it a throne, um, yeah. even though there's no throne, but you know what I mean. Um, it, she was right. That's how Maul is. He's always in it for himself. He's a master manipulator. And so, yes, in that sense... Like, he is a very evil character. Like, there's no other way around it. But I also feel bad for him, especially after that comic. But um, one other thing I want to mention about the comic, too, is that you do see Mother Talzin uh, make an appearance. And that's part of the reason that there's so much depth wow. to his story. Yeah, so that's with, all I'm going to say. All, yeah. People should just go out and read it. With yeah. the, and then what was so amazing about this confrontation... Obviously, it's revealed he wants Anakin Skywalker to to yeah. thwart 
Sidious's plan. And, you know, obviously he doesn't succeed in getting him, but that just, it paints this image around Maul that he is just so much more intelligent than we've ever given him credit for. There is that arc in, I think, season five where he is going around to all these other uh, bounty hunters around the galaxy and gaining a force, gaining a following, which, again, that showed a lot of his intelligence. But this, this was next level. This was, I'm on to Darth Sidious. I know what he's up to. And I just think that that makes him that much more of an interesting character. We got to talk about this Obi-Wan hologram scene where they're debriefing yes. on the battle. <laughs> Bo-Katan, Ahsoka Tanu... They're, they're just covering the siege, giving an update, and Obi-Wan is there. Frankie, break this down for us. Well, like in the previous episode when Padme was pregnant, that was clearly the first time we saw the Clone Wars coincide with Revenge of the Sith. So this wasn't the first time, but I think it was the, the biggest. Because mm. when he drops that bomb that oh, we can't get anything out of Dooku because Anakin just killed him. You know, like that was such a wow moment of, then he talked about pursuing Grievous on Utapau, of everything that's happening on Mandalore, it changes how you see Revenge of the Sith. Like right. the next time, you know, we all watch that film, we're going to be thinking, okay, while, you know, Obi-Wan's on the on the back of that green lizard on Utapau, <laughs> you know, Ahsoka is duking it out with Darth Maul and Mandalore. You know what I mean? So you completely watch that film differently and it's for the best. It's the, I think it's very similar in the same way where we watch A New Hope differently because of Rogue One. Because mm. of, you know, you know, Scarif took place moments ago, you know, before Vader comes through the smoke on, uh, on the Rebellion ship. So it just, that entire scene, it was short, but it completely changes the way we see that film. Not to mention, we see Ahsoka's reaction to Annika's assignment to spy on the chance. Oh my gosh. Like how incredible that. Yes. And Rachel, I want to get your thoughts real quick. What I will say though, with the rogue one comparison that I think adds a sense of urgency when you watch a new hope again, but, and I keep relating it guys is Lion King one and a half. Like we are seeing the other side of the story that's happening simultaneously. Uh, but what I exactly Ahsoka finds out about the assignment and then is very, she's like, that's peculiar. He must, that must not sit well with him. And Obi-Wan asks her to call him, but they get interrupted. Rachel, thoughts? So, okay, first of all, what I love is that we get more of a reaction from Obi-Wan about Count Dooku. You can tell in the way that he said he tells Ahsoka that he isn't too pleased with it, just by like, the inflection in his voice. And I feel like that was one thing I did not like about episode three is that a lot of it was rushed and we didn't get a chance um, not, you know, I understand like a yes. lot was going on, but it was rushed. And I feel like what we didn't get was more of, oh my, like Anakin or Obi-Wan's reaction to Anakin doing something. Oh like my that. God. Because, such a good point. Such a good point. So the fact that we would see Obi-Wan tell this to Ahsoka, address it, and we would hear how he feels about it in the way that he tells her, number one. Two, <laughs> Obi-Wan comes out and says that the council doesn't always do the right thing. Yo! I was like, okay. We have never heard him, not in episode three. We did not hear him voice that opinion. So for him to come out and say it right now, it completely changes. Well, you know what? But it fits his character, though. I would see that's the thing is I think it fits his character so well. So changes the 
changes the perspective. So I'm not saying mm. it's changing canon or anything. Right. Changing how we are now going to view his thoughts on what happened because the way that I read him, the way that I read him in episode three is that he just went into everything agreeing with the council and wasn't like really, he was just going to go along with it. In this now, we see that even though he was going along with it, he did not necessarily he had his, agree with it. He had his apprehensions. I think yeah. it's it's that fine line of, it's not retconning. I think it's it's embracing and enhancing the story we've mm-hmm. already been told. Like this, I think only electrifies Revenge of the Sith even more. And I think that's something that's been consistent yeah. with the entire Clone Wars series. Yeah, there's been one or two things that are like a little, you could call it a retcon. I think it's kind of like a nasty word, but I think it really is just enriching the story even more. And you're right. Like wh- whenever we watch Revenge of the Sith, Frankie, I'm going to be thinking right before he gets on that lizard, he just FaceTimed with Ahsoka. Like he just, he just got an update on Mandalore and he's keeping it. It would make sense for him to keep it close to his, to his vest because he didn't get full authorization to send the troops there. And it's more of like a personal uh, mission for him with the whole Satine relationship. I, I think it fits perfectly. I I think it makes sense for him to to call Ahsoka, not to just get an update on Mandalore, but to also encourage her to reach out to Anakin, which ultimately won't happen. It just fits so well. And I think that that's one thing that's amazing about this show. It, it's so natural. Bravo to the team uh, involved with that. It's just fantastic. Uh, going that's right... Hard. It's really hard that to do. That is really hard to do. You look at what Dave Filoni had to coordinate of, okay, I, I'm making these events in Revenge of the Sith, but it can't you know, go against anything in the film. You know what I mean? Nothing can contradict each other. That's a very fine line. And so far, there are absolutely no discrepancies. It's really flowed together well. You're absolutely right. Uh, and I think so. The, the, the battle rages on. There was a sneak attack, and we get that, that clone trooper, the one survivor, just saying, Maul took the oldest of us with him. Because he, he, you know, he knew more. And uh, Rachel, you, you, you drew a great comparison to Force Awakens. Or sorry, I think Last Jedi at the beginning of the Last show. Last Jedi. I'm going to draw a comparison yes. to Force Awakens with that torture scene. That reminded me of Kylo Ren, okay. Poe Dameron. Oh my gosh. And we saw it in the or trailers. Even. We never knew the character. But it... Man, it was Jesse. Uh, I want to get Rachel's thoughts on just Maul's torture torturing him there and why what what information he was trying to get there so my i i think i figured he was just trying to get more about ahsoka and what the plans were in terms of whether we were going to see obi-wan or anakin if it was just going to be ahsoka or what i think it was more about maul just trying to learn about ahsoka though to see what he was up against i think it's that but it's also what you were alluding to earlier with the chips I think he was yeah, trying to get yeah, yeah. a better idea of what's going on there because after he he starts that entire conversation with the clone is like it's all part of the plan, all part of the plan, and you're like, oh well, my god, he knows all of Sidious's plan. And going off of that, they specifically mentioned that Jesse was an older clone, right? So maybe if if that's true, then Maul was trying to determine if it was going to be all of the clones that we're going to change over, how this was going to affect the different batches. Um, and because, you know, he's in a place where when the clones turn, they're probably going to be trying to kill him too. So he probably needed to know what he was in store for, what was in store for him. I also think he knows, he knows where, what's going on with Anakin 
at that time. Like he now knows Ahsoka's relationship with Anakin. Frankie, was there anything, any other uh, information that you think Maul was trying to learn here? Well, the, the, the question he poses is, tell me about Ahsoka Tano. So I, I think he wanted to know her relationship to Anakin because mm. as you revealed, the entire thing was about getting Anakin to Mandalore so he could kill him and, as, as he said, take away Sidious's prize. So, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, he just wanted to get to know what her relationship was to Anakin. And so once he realized they were close, that's when he tried to manipulate her even though that's when he lost her. Cause she said, I'll help you. And he's like, but what did you want to do with Anakin? He's like, Oh, I wanted to kill him. That's when she drew her lightsabers. Exactly. Uh, and you know, we were talking a lot about it references. My favorite, I think comparison reference that we got this entire episode was the scene we got next where I think it's Captain Rex, Ahsoka and Bo-Katan uh, just debriefing a little and they're going to the throne room and look who's there. Darth Maul. I mean, that is pulled right out of empire strikes back with uh han solo and just going in darth vader's there immediately starts shooting that was right out of empire strikes back uh and he's lounging too he's got one knee up on his chair like he he's just that's the thing with maul is sam witwer brings such a presence to the character it's really tough to bring a presence to a character in a cartoon and somehow he does it so yeah. you mentioned empire strikes back ryan mm -hmm. there's another parallel that's being that um i a lot of people are pointing out Bring and it. that is the line where ahsoka is lying to maul where she said well that maul will be maul will find that there are plenty of things about her that he won't like which is reminiscent of what luke said to vader which was you'll find that i'm full of surprises and so a lot of people are comparing the um, empire oh. strikes back duel That's a good between point. yeah between vader and luke and that it's similar to what ahsoka and maul Oh my God! I didn't get that one. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, you That's know. Really and we did kind of breeze by the scene where they go to interrogate, where Maul sends uh, one of the Mandalorians out to kill the like the current king. Oh my God! I'm forgetting. I'm blanking on his name at the time being. Isn't he like a prime minister? The prime minister. Yeah. And and he revealed that you know Maul intended on them coming last episode. Um. Almac. Almac, yes, Prime Minister Almac. And before, just again, this is another reference, I think, to Return of the Jedi. Uh, as Ahsoka is asking him, What does Maul want? He gets shot. And as he's dying, his last word is Skywalker, which that's Yoda, guys. That's Yoda, Return of the Jedi. What a great moment. Um, but we, it's, the, it's the confrontation we've been looking for for two years. I actually pulled up a date here, guys. Uh, the Clone Wars trailer debuted in 2018 at San Diego Comic-Con. A Comic-Con that's not going to happen this year due to COVID-19. And yeah. the re I was watching reaction videos this morning to it just because of the hype. This was, I think, June 18th, tw June 18th, 2018, where they first showed the one snippet of Maul fighting Ahsoka here. And we got it in this episode. I thought we weren't going to get this until like the final episode. We got it this episode. Yes. This showdown was everything. I want to go to the mall stand real quick. What did you think, Frankie? It delivered on every single count. And I'm about 90% sure this is true, but I'm pretty sure Ray Park actually did the motion capture. He did. For a big chunk 
of that fight, which again is very um, synonymous with what he did with Sam in Solo, A Star Wars Story. You know, both of those guys bringing that character together. Um, it's fantastic. That's what I love about Disney's ownership of Star Wars is the lightsaber duels are fast paced, but it doesn't look like sword dancing. And that's my biggest problem with Revenge of the Sith is it looks like they're dancing. It doesn't look like they're, they're fighting. And as someone who's trained in martial arts for 20 years, I'm wow. like, okay, you could have killed there, 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 and there. But with this fight, it just, it delivered, you know? And the dialogue, we were talking about this before the show, um, before the fight, in between, after Ahsoka talking some trash, um, and oh. Maul's, classic, Maul's classic pose from The Phantom Menace, because he reconstructs his double-bladed lightsaber, and he All does right. this, unbelievable it's iconic and that's that's the, the the cool part about maul is his athleticism and they brought that back um with this with this fight and obviously the second part is them hanging on top of i don't even know where, where that was some right skyline right <laughs> yeah skyline of a roof with the bottom pillars or whatever An iconic um, setting for a star wars lightsaber duel just we've never oh, seen dude. that really yeah, yeah, I mean, and that's... just hanging over, you know, the entire city, and it's it's interesting how you view this. Technically, Maul won the lightsaber duel, but Ahsoka won in the end because mm. she, you know, got to she captured him, um, even though he disarmed her. So that that's that's why the fight is so interesting, is because there really isn't a clear cut winner, right? Um, well, and both characters have gotten so powerful, so it was a really good matchup. That's why, to me, it's. Um when we had a couple of episodes ago before we got to this arc when um we had um basically a situation where everyone was saying like we're, we're just seeing that ahsoka really is a jedi and that people are viewing her that way whether she wants to be a jedi or not whether she's part of the council or technically is not a jedi she is truly a jedi that mm. she could win a duel without using a lightsaber and that she would use her own tactics and strategy to overcome an enemy who has um, disarmed her. So to me, that says a lot, whether she won the lightsaber duel or not, yeah, just the yeah. fact that she would use that to her, she, she would figure out another way to beat him and win. My, I was worried that, I was, I'm not sure when we're gonna see um, 66 implemented, so I soon. thought That's for a, a big, second, big well, I thought for a second that as soon as they caught Maul, that it was going to be like the switch. Don't even. That's what Dude, I was That's next for. week's cliffhanger. That's got to be. That's got to be next week. But wait, we're getting ahead of ourselves yeah. with predictions. I, but I like what you were saying, yeah. Rachel. Like, So you're the, the Maul stand, Frankie. Rachel and I are the Ahsoka stands here. Like we read the novel. Yeah. We're, we're, we're massive fans. Uh, guys. Before I can't, we just gotta break this duel down. Like before the ending, first opens up where he's like, "Bocaton, go help! Like, get I'm, you don't need to babysit us. Like, get out of here! Like, just passing them off." And the just the way this was shot, like, oh my god! And I agree with yes. you. I, my I don't share the same I think complaint about the the lightsaber duels in Revenge of the Sith, but I will say a lot of the lightsaber duels in Clone Wars sometimes they're just they're cartoony. And I don't mean that as like a massive slight, but they're just so fast. I can't really tell what's happening a lot of the times. I, the, whatever difference it made with that motion capture that they did for some of the shots, there was a fluidity that was so 
human-like with this fight, it was noticeable. Like, there's something about the swings that carried a, a weight more than they have in, in other uh, duels we've seen in this series. The line for me, just trying to... Pr- Rachel was saying it's the last Jedi just trying to, to bring her to his side when she first agreed she was like yeah I'll help but what do you want with Anakin I was like are you yeah. what is, oh, okay okay because he did this to Ezra in, in Rebels like he he's a master yes. manipulator as Rachel said and the and- shot dude the shot when the window exploded and it just like pans around and the oh my god like this this was so cinematic move. the moment yes. stands still they don't move like the, the window blows up the glass is going everywhere and they're still just like locked in it's incredible and just the way like in all of these scenes the skyline you could see it through the window you could see it when they were fighting on the yeah. beams the the purple like the, the stars everything that, that was so detailed and yeah i was like when you know when Ahsoka would not when she would agree, but only if only once she knew what he wanted with Anakin, I was like, okay, this is amazing. I love that they went here with it. Um, it the other thing yeah. though is that it was I appreciated that she said she would help, but she did not extend her arm out to him. Yeah, that was that was a nice little detail as well. Um, and and, sp- yeah. and speaking of just the agreement to help, what's so what makes this so interesting? It's such an a fascinating scene is we know the outcome of Anakin. We know what happens. And we also know Maul's vision is correct. Like he's right yeah. about everything he's saying. And in fact, we don't know which what way it would have gone if Anakin did show up there, but it might have been not as bad as it was with Sidious. Like for all we know, if Anakin did show up there and prevent Sidious's plan, maybe we don't get Darth Vader. Maybe we don't get all these terrible things we know that happen. And it's just interesting to me that Ahsoka, the breaking point for her on joining Maul was actually hearing the truth when he says, yeah, he's destined. He's been, he's been uh, prepped like this. They've been like raising this pig for slaughter basically. And she goes, your vision is flawed, which it's not Mm -hmm. like he's right. Crazy. The interesting thing about that is Maul, his vision is correct, but his intentions are bad. Like Ahsoka's mm-hmm. right, like you just want to kill him to take to take his place, but his vision of what Sidious wants and what will happen is true. So, but she can't see that because of the gray area. So that's an incredible, that's just incredible writing by yeah. that team. That's, yeah. That breaks the conflict. It's so interesting. Well, that's the thing is that we know that if she were to help him, it's exactly as she predicted. It would not end well. Anakin, for all we know, to play the devil's advocate, the way that fate works in Star Wars, even uh, if even if this had been changed, yeah. I still think that Anakin would have become Darth Vader. Yeah. Because I think that that was the vision and that was, you know, usually you can't change what's going to happen unless it's already been changed. Like when we get to the world between worlds um, with Ahsoka being pulled out from her, you know, potential death. Like it's, I think outside of that, you really can't change things that are going to happen in this universe. And so um, I think that he was destined to become Darth Vader. Such a good, and I'm, I think I my favorite line in the entire episode, <laughs> he definitely was destined, by the way, as we know, with the whole, the whole Mortis uh, yes. storyline. But my favorite line after she goes, your vision's flawed. He, oh my 
God. He goes, it's t- I guess it will, you, the, the Padawan needs one more lesson and does the, I ign- I'm like, oh, here we go. Like that was, that was a, <laughs> that was just a mic drop line. I, uh, man, everything, just a, a round of applause. I don't think there's ever been a better episode of Clone Wars because this was just that awesome. Um, this is my favorite episode since the Wallace. Mm, I think I like this more. And, and you know, it's, it's a lot, it's, it's, it's not fan service, but it's, it's crowd pleasing. Like that, that's the thing is just, there's things paying off here. We never thought we were going to get. So I just think it carries all this weight. And, and, and you're right. Frankie said it up top. The two characters that matter most in this entire series, Ahsoka and Maul were at the forefront here and they finally collided. And it was just so interesting. Everything was that was in the balance. Um, breaking down the ending of the fight, you're right. Like just so well shot, contrasted with the battle at the same time, and we get them on that skyline, and they capture Maul. What does this mean for the overall plan for Maul, just moving forward? And where do we think we're going to go from here, guys? I'll start with Rachel. Yeah. So I don't know that he's. I really don't see him staying captured. I think he's going to get out of it. I think he's going to escape in the nick of time. And it might even be because of, you know, Order 66 happening. Mm. Now, granted, I would guess that when Order 66 is initiated, that they would also include Maul as part of um, who they're going to kill, who Sidious wants dead because he's no longer of use to him. Um, But I think that Maul will, will find a way to either manipulate where he's been taken and somehow get out or he'll just escape in general. So I think that that's what happens to him. But I will say this in rebels, when we first see him again, he is especially like, um, he's especially been burned by the empire and by the Sith. So what I'm thinking is that based on that, that there is one more showdown between him and Sidious before we even get to what happens with, Sidious and Anakin and that there's one more thing that we so? haven't learned yeah so, maybe there's something else that that happens because there's just Maul is a very broken um man by the time we see him and this could be because of what we haven't yet seen like for example um in you know when we had Solo and we do see Maul again it could be because of things happening around that time period but I still think something else might happen. I, yeah, I think there's first. a lot of time in between. You know, Rebels, yeah. it's just, that's just like one or, that's just a few, it's really close to A New Hope. So there's a, there's a whole gap there of time. And we do know that he's involved in some kind of like spice running or something going on yeah. with, with characters in Solo. So th- there is a lot more uh, story for Maul to be told. But this really is like the meat and potatoes of it uh, that we haven't gotten for a while with Clone Wars. Uh, I, I mean, I, we were just kind of alluding to predictions. Before we go full on predictions, I think we should just get through our special segment with MVP. And I know Frankie's MVP is going to be. So I'm going to just go to Frankie real quick. Who was your most valuable player of this episode? I have to go with my guy. Got to go with Darth Maul. Um, like we said, this was the best episode, or really the best piece of Star Wars media that he has been in in his entire duration as a character. He's um, like... just a writing the physical acting that we got 
Um, the story, just top to bottom, was incredible. And as a Darth Maul fan, you know, I put this at my top two moments for him in terms of episodes or, or obviously the two films. Oh my gosh, I, I, I second that. He's my MVP. Even the little details that are just like lines fleeting, stuff he doesn't even say. I think there's a moment where the Mandalorians are like, he's talking with uh, his followers and he's telling them to go into hiding. And you're like, oh my gosh, the dude is, he's planning. He's planning it out. Rachel, who was your MVP? I mean, I definitely agree with you guys, and I want to say Maul, <laughs> but just, but just to be, just to be, you know, say something different, mm. I'm gonna go with Obi Wan. Oh, Why? Ooh, because nice. good pick. I like that. He told Ahsoka what was happening and what was going on um, with Dooku, and he asked Ahsoka to get in touch with Anakin. Not that Ahsoka was gonna have time to do this, but he did try, and if things had gone a little bit differently, at least Obi-Wan reached out and this things could have potentially been, you know, because of Obi-Wan reaching out to Ahsoka, he tried and things could have gone a different way. Completely agree, you guys. Um, going into predictions, uh, let's, get into, let's get into predictions for the final two episodes of this season. And just, I think Clone Wars in general, um, let's kick it off with Rachel. Uh, where do yeah. we go from here? Because th- this was this is what we were waiting for the entire time was the showdown. They have them all captured. What happens next week? I mean, so this is, I've been saying this since the beginning of season seven. I still think that the pen, I still think that episode 12 is going to end on an epilogue with us seeing Darth Vader in a, you know, unspecified time in the future. I would love to see us um, seeing Vader during the events of Lords of the Sith. Um, the book that Ryan turned me on to, um, <laughs> because we have not really seen too much of that in, we've seen it in the book, but we have not seen too much of that time period in either the shows or obviously the movies. So I would love to see right after he's become Vader, what happens to him and just to kind of end there. But also I think next episode, I think Ahsoka is going to try to reach out to Anakin. I think that's what we're going with this. I don't know that she's going to be successful, but I think she's going to try because now Ahsoka knows the vision and whether she believes it or not, she's probably going to try to stop it. Um, and so I, I see her, that's what her next goal is, trying to get back to Anakin or at least to reach out to him to prevent some of this from happening. And I'm almost wondering if there is something she sees that would kind of tell her the truth, but she's unable to accept it until years later when we see her in Rebels again and she finally sees Darth Vader and his mask is cracked when she sees the eye of her former master. So, yeah, I, I think that's I it's a great... There's stuff we know from the Ahsoka novel. Um, I, I don't think she... I think she might try to reach out to Anakin. Uh, I think yeah. my, my prediction will be this. I think she's going to attempt to reach out, but she thinks he died in Order 66, whenever that happens. I think we're going to witness Order 66 go down and Rex take out his, his chip... And not mm-hmm. and not turn with her because we know that Rex and um, I think one or two other clones took them out and are with yeah. them. Um, yeah. I even noticed one thing from last week when they were invading Mandalore. They had the uh, ATTE or whatever, like the Walker there. So I think that's where they got that from. Um, I, so I, I think that's going to happen. And I also think we're going to have a. Uh, I think we're going to see a little past Revenge of the Sith. Whether it be an epilogue similar to, to Rebels, I think we're going to get 
some tie-ins to what happens with Maul, so we find out where, where he gets to in Solo. Frankie, predictions. Well, before I go into my predictions, um, to go off of what Rachel said, speaking of another moment that looks different now, when Ahsoka sees that Anakin is Vader, that's her confirmation of, oh shoot, Maul wasn't kidding, and he was right all those years ago. Um, but to kind of break it down, I think the last time we'll see Ahsoka is basically her and Captain Rex trying to kind of fight off the horde of turned clones. Um, I think that's the last time we will see them until Rebels, just with, I think once Order 66 goes down with, like you guys said, him being one of the few clones that doesn't have the chip, it's gonna be, you know, Rex is gonna be really her only backup to get out and escape. So that's how I think her story um, wraps up. From Maul, he thrives in chaos, mm. and he's going to escape in the chaos of Order 66. I think he's going to be a target too, but I think because the Jedi are um, the top target, they're kind of going to take the attention away from him. So he's going to really escape because of Order 66. Um, yeah. And also sign me up if we get another Sidious Maul fight. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't I don't know if Sidious has the time for that because right. with Friend of the Sith, he's in that movie so much. I don't know if there is a snippet where you can go, oh, he was off fighting Maul in this little chunk of time, but I would be fine with it. It would have to and be then, after. Oh. It would it would or you know, I actually I you know, I'm gonna challenge it. I don't think we ever get that again. I think I don't think Sidious would ever go fight Maul again. I think he would only send Darth Vader. Like that's a good point. I, I think, think so too, unless we get it before Anakin, Anakin becomes Darth Vader. Yeah, I just you know before he becomes, we're at, we're at a point where Obi Wan's going to Utapau. Yeah. Unless he makes another one of those quick flights, Anakin's monitoring him. Anakin's around him twenty four seven now. Like he's he's they're at the opera. They're telling stories right now. Um, unless unless Anakin has a showdown with Maul before he becomes Darth Vader. Yeah, who knows? Well, there guys, is one more fight. Yeah. There is one more fight with Anakin or Anakin, Ahsoka and Maul. Because remember when he says "running away again, Lady Tano"? I think that's what yeah. he's referring to. Oh, maybe yeah. or. Could be, you're so right. We might get that. Guys, we're interested in your predictions. Please comment down below. Hit that like button. What did you think of these last two episodes? The Phantom Apprentice. What did you guys think? Comment below. Thank you so much for making us the ESPN of TV talk. Guys, that's all the time we have. Signing off until next week. Frankie Altieri, where can people find you? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Frankie Altieri and Twitter at Frankie Altieri 84. Rachel Goodman. You can find me on Twitter at Rach Goodman or on my author Instagram account at Rachel Radner Author. You guys can follow me at Ryan Nilsen on Instagram and at Ryan Nilsen, R-Y-N-I-L-S-E-N on Twitter. Thank you so much again. Please wash your hands, be safe out there, and keep enjoying Star Wars. May the Force be with you. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.